Welcome to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. Now, here's the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Public Safety UAS Drone Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wessels, here from Mobilecom, and I've got three special co-hosts with me here this morning. i got uh, Chief Amos Johnson from the Woodlawn Fire Department, Lieutenant Steve Schuler from the Buash Fire Department, and David Glenn, otherwise known as Kluge on YouTube, drone aficionado. And uh, we're here to talk about drones, and on this first edition here, I think the first thing we're going to do is maybe get to know each other a little bit. So, uh, who guys, who wants to go first? Nobody, but I'll go first. <laughs> okay, <you> go. Steve. <laughs> so, so I'll correctly introduce myself as Steve Schuler from the Blue Ash Police Department. What did I say, fire department? I oh, fire oh I did. Oh, That's my gosh. Right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, we've been involved with drones for about three years. Uh, we're going into our third year. Uh, we fly it for all kinds of public safety missions as well as uh, anything that the city of Blue Ash needs done drone-wise, whether it's photography, uh, traffic studies, uh, mapping, any of those things. We do them uh, with our two DJI currently. Currently, our two DJI drones. So. How long have you been doing that, then? Uh, we've been doing about three years. Three years. Okay. Very good. And then uh, Chief Johnson, Amos. And again, Chief Johnson, Amos Johnson from Woodlawn Fire Department. Again, we've started this maybe about two years ago. Probably have our program up and running for about a year now. Same okay. thing as Lieutenant Schuler said, we're using it for search and rescue, for the USAR teams, our structure fires, definitely get that situational awareness and whatever else is coming up, and also special events now, too. Yeah, I think we should say thank you for letting us uh, host us here. We are actually in the Bay here at Station 96, and we should say we're all from the Cincinnati area here, so these are this is kind of an Ohio-centric podcast here, but we're going to be talking about stuff that uh, is going on uh, all around the country, all around the world, in fact. So, But we're actually here in the Bay at Station 96. It's October 1st. It's going to be 95 degrees today. Um, so a little, luckily there's a little breeze coming through right now, but it's going to be a hot, hot day here. So, David... Who are you? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I don't have nearly the resume that these guys have, but uh, uh, yeah, you're like Dave, the Admiral Stockdale. Do you remember Admiral Stockdale? I don't know who that is. Uh, the guy who was smarter Ross per- than us. Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot's running okay. mate. Remember, he was the vice president, and he said famously, "Who am I? Why am I here?" <laughs> I was like, anyway, this is an old political reporter here, so I know too much about this stuff. But yeah, but you have a good reason for being here. You're you're, you're much more qualified than Admiral Stockdale. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yeah, yes. so so David Glenn and uh, really just a, a drone enthusiast. Uh, uh, you know, I've I've always been in. I've always been a geek my whole life. Always into technology. Always wanting to learn more. Yeah. And uh, always into aviation, but never really got into to, to flying or anything. So uh, yeah, when I got the opportunity to get into drones, it kind of is that halfway point, and uh, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, so I do uh, commercial flights. I'm a 107 pilot. Yep. And uh, fly drones for, for pretty much any reason that I can find. Gotcha. Actually, we say we're all part 107 pilots here, right? Yes, so, yeah, we're, we're all part 107. So I'm the other non-public safety person here. I work for Mobilecom, which is a Motorola two-way dealer here in town. And I have nothing to do with the radios. I am the drone guy or trying to be the drone guy, I guess. We're doing all kinds of drone type stuff. I started flying and thinking about that this morning. I was going to say 2016, but I was actually buying little SEMA drones and that off of Amazon in like 14, 15, and, and playing around with them, getting them stuck in trees, that kind of stuff. So my daughter, who I was just talking about before, turns five tomorrow, when she still says, Daddy, you got your airplane stuck up in the tree. I got to say about the SEMA <laughs> drone, though, a year later, or like nine months later, it fell down on her roof. I went up and got it and put a fresh battery in it. The dang thing still flew. So That's beautiful. For a $50 drone, that's not bad. So drones are... They're every, they can be used for everything. People ask, well, can you do this? And I, and I said, before I even, you know, you, it can do this. But what specifically 
do you see the drones uh, doing in your professional life? Maybe Amos, we could start with you in the fire service. What 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 do you see in uh, what do you guys what do you see drones doing here in the Cincinnati area? What do you see drones doing outside of Cincinnati? What what got you to want to do that? Well, again, we started it just from one of our firefighters bringing a drone here in the back of the firehouse. Of course, oh, anything really? goes in the firehouse. Mm-hmm. We're playing with different things. It's like, oh, this could actually work out better for us on the fire scenes. Mm-hmm. And as you uh, know yourself, you went with us on a search and rescue. I did, yeah. I, w- I won't say exactly where that was at, but no. searching for a, a young man there. So, But even with our fire piece, I think is going to be the most influential for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as I talked about one of the... Uh, manufacturers, I can take that drone out, pull up on the fire, roll my window down, throw it out the window, and get a complete 360 of the building immediately, especially mm-hmm. with the thermal. So that's huge for someone that runs, I would why, say, at why? least. Why is that important? I mean, maybe for the un- uninitiated, why would that be a big deal to be gotcha. able to, you know, well, a fire well, is a fire or no? Absolutely. And no, it's, it's not because okay. we don't know exactly what is burning. So let's just take a uh, house, a residential house, for instance. When I pull up as a fire chief, I have probably over 40 or 50 guys coming, guys and girls coming, and I need to figure out where they're going and where yeah. I need to put them. And quickly. And quickly. Yeah. So normally I would have to get out my vehicle, walk around this house or apartment building. Of oh, course, wow. apartment building would be a little bit harder, but now I can take this drone out, literally mm-hmm. roll my window down, rain in whatever case may be, and put it up within 30 seconds, I can see the back of the building, all four sides of the building, anything else that's going on. Um, then the adjacent structures too as well. If it's something close that's going to be on fire too or is impingement or whatever the case may be, I can see that as well, and I can send crews immediately to that area as well. So Yeah, is, that situational awareness is, is huge in, in what you guys are trying to do and keep the, the public safe. Uh, just being able to see and where, how do I attack the scene, how do I get as much information as possible as quick as I can, it, it has to be. Yeah, and, and this is the other part, too, as a uh, command officer, uh, when we're sending folks on top of roofs where the houses are burning yeah. and our guys are on top of these roofs that right. where fires underneath them, that thermal imager can show exactly where the hot spots are. Or we can say just get off the roof versus trying to put a hole in the roof or whatever the case may be. So that's, wow. huge piece, that's a huge piece as well. So it's not just to fight the fire and, and put it out quickly. It's also for the safety of the personnel on the ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so There's another piece to that with the thermal camera. You can see through the smoke. So you can see your personnel on the ground, yes. which you may not oh, be able yeah. to see around the, the backside of the building. You can see right down through the smoke and see where your people are. So that's very useful, I think, for accountability yes. for your folks. Yes, yeah. time's 10. Because even if once we put water on the fire, too, as well, Lieutenant made a great point. You put water on a fire at one point, it can black the whole scene out. Really? You can't yeah. see anybody. Okay. So these are things I wouldn't at. know, yeah. So that's a great point with the thermal or the MX, MXX, where it can show the individuals. Oh, the mix of the two. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, the okay. mix of the yeah. two. Right. It can show the individuals. Because a couple of fires I just went on the last couple of months, once we hit it with water, we had probably no view for at least five minutes. So, and, and that's that's a really, that's amazing. So, then Steve, or Lieutenant Schuller, what should I call it? Steve is fine. Steve's fine. Okay. For the, I'll take Steve. Okay, you'll take Steve. <laughs> Mike, Steve, get a little closer to the mic. Sure. Mate. how's yeah. that? Yeah, it's, I probably should make that a little higher for you, but, you know, there, oh, you can do, oh, it's going to pop out there a little bit, but, yeah. How are we now? Yeah, that's better. Cool. That's, okay, that's, that works. We're working, it's the first episode. That's We're working right. out the technical issue. Yeah. Um, how does that translate to the to the law enforcement side? So there are many times, uh, if you can imagine, well, maybe you can't imagine as a law enforcement officer, anywhere you can put a camera up in the sky that can assist you in whatever you're doing, whether that's a crash investigation, you need a, some good aerial photos to determine how the crash happened, 
whether it's a crime scene, you want to map things on the ground where things were recovered and the outdoor crime scene, or you're searching for somebody, whether that's a search and rescue like the chief talked about, or a, you're looking for a suspect who fled who, into a field or a wooded area. Anytime you can get a camera 400 feet up in the sky and look down, mm-hmm. that's very useful to be able to, uh, to pick out detail. And the FLIR camera, the infrared camera, is even more useful then because uh, it'll show the, uh, the hot person as opposed to the colder ground. Maybe not today when it's yeah, 95, 95 degrees. It doesn't yeah, right. work well, mm-hmm. but when it's a little chillier, uh, it, that, that's very good for picking people out in woods and fields and things like that. So, Gotcha. So, um, and then do you guys, do you see in the law enforcement side, is this, is this like, um, you always hear about the canine can, I mean, canine, canine can do things that humans can't do, but it also is a safety factor as well too. Do you see this being a safety factor on the law enforcement side? Absolutely. Um, so we're going to do some training with our canine officers in tracking uh, at night with a drone to, oh, really? so we can kind of direct them toward that. Even though the dog's got a good scent on the suspect, if, he, if the dog doesn't, maybe he hasn't picked up the scent yet, we can direct that dog team over to where the suspect or the person we're looking for is. Um, I've heard huh. uh, Florida, there's a sheriff's office in Florida that always flies with a drone for overwatch whenever one of their canines is tracking uh, based on some huh. history they have with uh, one of their deputies being attacked yeah. on a track, but they always have overwatch with the, uh, the drone. Uh, so you can you obviously can see people somebody's hiding and wants to ambush somebody or something like right. that you can right yeah wow it's stuff that uh, you know us uh, lay folks here probably don't know but I'm, I'm interested I'm learning it's interesting that to hear that kind of stuff I imagine I'm going to learn a few things David probably oh, yeah, absolutely definitely learn a few things as well too so what to get started in this in the fire service or the or the law enforcement side what do people need to think about what is what is what do you need to think about if you want to start a drone program. Money, money. It's oh, okay. I mean, the, the, the budget part of it is, is a huge piece. Uh, just for us, just getting it past my boss, my manager, or the city manager, mm-hmm. uh, village manager, or whatever you want to call it. Right. Then you have to get it past your council. So there's a lot of legality issues in that. And actually, Lieutenant Schuler might be able to speak on that as well, because he got it, helped us actually mm-hmm. oh, kind really? of okay. ours as well. Okay. And I imagine in terms of the money, it's not just the cost of buying the technology. There's a whole bunch of ongoing costs. Once yes. you get that, you know, there's training, there's a whole host of other issues that have to be dealt with. So I think that that's probably something as well, right? And that's a great point. Just the associated equipment, chargers, extra batteries, yeah. uh, little things you need to keep your program going, maintenance equipment, all that yeah. kind of thing adds up. You know, you wouldn't think about it. It's a, you know, $20 here, $50 here, but that adds yeah. up after a while obviously yeah when you have to count for every cent for your for your budget i imagine and and batteries and propellers are kind of like tires and oil changes for vehicles consumables they're consumables so those are things they have to think about on an ongoing basis right Mm -hmm. and right now this is this is not a popular thing this is this is something that's coming up so we have to do a lot of convincing with our uh council Mm -hmm. folks (laughs) so and the community and all the other mishaps or um things that people think about drones and all the yeah. misconceptions that they have with right. them. lots of misconceptions. So, yeah, so that, that's a whole nother battle that we're, we're facing too as well. Yeah. And that's one of one of the things that I, I was speaking with another fire department a few weeks ago, and they were talking about when they were trying to implement their drone program, they went to their township uh, uh, trustees and they wanted to, uh, you know, communicate to the public how they were going to be using them and ensure that the public knew that hey we're not just we're not spying on you guys we're not buying these for for this reason these are the reasons why and and trying to get that word out and educate the public about how they're trying to use them and what the benefits are for for the community 
in how they're using them and what the benefits are for the safety of the officers and, and fire personnel and so on. And so that communication uh, really seemed like it was, it was kind of an important part that, you know, when, when people see, and it's probably more important in certain areas than others, but, uh, you know, it, people see drones and they have this misconception of what yes. they are and what they can see and so on. And when the government, you know, starts using them, are they spying on them or privacy issues and all that kind right, of stuff. Right. Are so you flying over my property? Right. And, and again, yeah. they don't know those federal laws and all the yeah. things that go Have you guys there. run into yeah, that? And so is that yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, have you and guys we, run into that misconception at all? So if I had a dime for every time someone said, you're peeking or not, you're peeking windows, but yeah, you can peek in our windows. No, we don't yeah. really want to do that. There's no interest <laughs> right. in doing that unless we have a valid reason to do that. And when we wrote our policy, we made sure that it said, that if we were going to use to our drone to record or uh, look into an area where someone has any expectation of privacy, we had to get a search warrant. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so that's we're very strict about that. So, so like, so one of the uh, people that are listening to this probably know about the Z30, mm-hmm. uh, which quite, is quite the zoom capability. Is it 30 times zoom, which is you can be really far away and get a really nice, maybe sometimes not quite a stable photo right. or image or video of, of people doing things that they probably can't even hear the drone. Is that is your law director or your city solicitor or anybody talked about the Fourth Amendment issues, which, you know, against the, uh, the the amendment to the Constitution about unreasonable search and seizure, right. which police officers and I guess the fire service thinks about right. uh, to, to an extent, yeah. too, but it definitely probably comes up quite often in your line. Absolutely, order. because we're looking to gather evidence sometimes in a criminal case. So we have to make sure we have a permission to launch from where we where we launch from. Often we use public property. We try to use that. But if okay. we launch from private property, we always gain permission from the property. In writing? Person control. No, we'll just get verbal. Okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. Get a verbal okay and the person's name that we spoke to. And uh, they gave us permission to launch from there. But then if we're going to record in an area, like we said, that has uh, someone has an expectation of privacy, for example, around their house. You know, that's obviously the most sacred sure. part under our Constitution of, of the person is a person's home. Mm-hmm. So they're, uh, you know, they're, protected from unreasonable searches and seizures. And for us to look and record around there, even though the case law is unsettled still, it's still huh. there aren't any drone cases that have been at the Supreme Court yet. Even though the law is unsettled, we don't want them to be making that case law. So we're we're going to do that. We're going to do it right with a search warrant. Not looking for a fight. We're not looking uh, for a fight. So, no. yeah. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll do that real quick. We'll do a quick break, and uh, we'll, we'll do our little uh, pay, pay the bills, as they like to say. I want to sound a little <laughs> professional right here. So, uh, and we'll be right back here. You're listening to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. We'll be right back. Getting hands-on drone training should not be hard. With MobileCom, it's easy. Partnered with SkyOp, a national leader in drone training, MobileCom offers in-person drone instructor-led classroom instructions at our facility or yours. Courses include hands-on training, so your staff is trained not only in the knowledge behind the drones, but flying one, making your drone program exceptional and most importantly, safer. MobileCom chooses SkyOp because teaching pilots how to fly safely and following regulations is all they do. SkyOp develops top-notch drone training, nothing else. Their curriculum and MobileCom's SkyOp certified instructors give your drone pilots the background knowledge and hands-on training not provided anywhere else by people who only do drone training. Whether you need to pass your Part 107, get recurrent on your existing Part 107, starting a drone program from scratch, or need to know how to utilize drone software like PIX4D, Mobilecom has you covered. For more information, call 877-447-8433 or visit mobilecom.com forward slash UAS. Again, Mobilecom, M-O-B-I-L, 
C-O-M-M.com forward slash U-A-S. That's 877-447-8433. Mobilecom, for the best, most comprehensive drone training anywhere. Mobilecom. If you're interested in being a guest or know someone who could be, please contact the Public Safety Drone Podcast producer at UAS at mobilecom.com. That's UAS at M-O-B-I-L-C-O-M-M dot com or call 877-447-8433. Welcome back to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. We're here at uh, Station 96 in beautiful, uh, beautiful, literally beautiful Woodlawn. That's the web address, right? Beautiful yeah. Woodlawn. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't get any music, though. We, we didn't get back. any. Oh, we <laughs> should have done. Should we, should we try that again? Oh, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got. I got the buttons right here. I'm I just, just push them. You know, uh, we'll add the music in later. There you go. That, that, that Maybe a little applause. A little applause. Yeah, yeah we need yeah. applause oh, or a laugh track or yeah, something, I, right? I don't remember which one's the. Oh, here we go. There, there <laughs> we go. Well done. There we go. That's our studio audience. They're impressed. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> they're really, they're really funny. To say this is some of the firefighters here that uh, report to you here. They're just laughing at. Yeah, them. that's all. They're being paid to laugh, obviously, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, so we're here at Station 96 on Springfield Pike here, uh, just north of Cincinnati in greater Cincinnati in in, uh, in Ohio on October 1st, uh, expected high of 95 degrees. i got to keep saying that. It just blows my mind. But anyway, I'm Joe Wessels. Did I say that? I'm Joe Wessels. I'm the hostess guy. The guy who owns all the gear, I guess, is the best way to put it. They're just, yes. all, just nodding yes. Okay. yes. I should say, too, we're video recording this, and we'll probably put it up on YouTube or something like that. Maybe we'll talk. Yeah, I hope so. Kluge, maybe uh, yeah, on, subscribe to your channel, right? Yeah, there you go. Subscribe to your channel, and who knows what might pop up here. Uh, we've been talking about kind of like what goes into uh, starting a drone program here for our first episode, and uh, there's a lot of, to kind of recap a little bit, there's costs are definitely a factor, and then there are some legal issues like uh, Fourth Amendment issues and, and that kind of thing, too. What other things would you caution or or advise somebody if they're thinking you know what it's time we want to pull the trigger we want drones for the safety of our personnel or to respond better to put fires out faster what, what else would you one Steve? thing that i would say is that uh, be very open with what you do you know show people the technology show people the equipment mm-hmm. show people how you use it um, we just had an open house our annual open house two weeks ago and we had our drone flying for most of that and we were showing people the capabilities of the zoom camera you know so we had to the DJI M210 flying with a Z30 zoom camera. And uh, we were showing the kids like to see Kings Island. So we're at 400 feet above the PD. We can zoom in and see the tower and some of the coasters. Oh, can you really? Oh, Kings yeah. Island. Wow. The adults were showing downtown. And uh, while we were showing the buildings downtown, we could also pick up the control tower at CBG. So that's, oh, really? that's 20 oh, miles wow. away. So we could wow. zoom in. a little shaky, you know, with digital zoom. But uh, really? pretty oh, impressive that, to be able to see that. That so, is amazing. But, you know, you're not hiding that you have the zoom capability. And we tell uh-huh. them this is how we use it. We're not using this for nefarious purposes. We're not looking to peep in people's houses unless right. we have a search warrant for a good reason with probable cause. You know, we're... We're just showing you this is a capability. It's very useful because we can zoom in and pick up license plates and uh, descriptions of people on the ground and that kind of thing if yeah. we're searching. And we're all part 107. We said that before, part 107 pilots, which means that we took an FAA test. And, and basically, by doing that, you kind of, it's not quite an oath, but you're basically telling the FAA, hey, I'm going to do this responsibly, uh, you know, because then you become liable for anything that happens while you're the remote pilot in command. Uh, and uh, I like to always emphasize to people that we are the responsible ones. There are people out there who buy their drones at Best Buy or, or buy them off the Internet and then just do stuff that they're not supposed to do, which is very troubling. It, it literally, I mean, I get mad. I mean, physically mad when I see people doing this because I wish I could do, like, the photos above the clouds of downtown Cincinnati with the buildings popping out. But 
you can't do that. It's illegal. It's very, very dangerous. There's a very good reason why you yes. shouldn't do that. Yeah, there's a very yes, good very reason why you shouldn't do it. And one yeah. of the, uh, let's say, a popular website here, maybe a news website, uh, posted these photos and like, oh, and everyone's coming. Wonderful photo. I could have gotten that shot too, but it's illegal. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't right. do it. And yep. I would never even consider doing it. And this guy's posting and getting you know, hundreds of likes on his Instagram posts and stuff like that. So um, there are those legal considerations as well, too. So were you going to say something? Yeah, and a good point, too, as well, um, finding responsible people, mm-hmm. uh, police department, fire department, whoever's using them, rack, whatever the case may be, we have to have responsible people because if I'm not there, I need to make sure my people are going to handle themselves correctly, yep. not fly above 400 feet or right. doing the shots that look cool or whatever the case may be because that comes back to me and that comes back to the village. Right. And that, that's liable for us. That yeah, makes us legally absolutely. liable for those types of things. So in starting a drone program, you need to find reliable, responsible people uh-huh. too as well. That are they're good rule followers, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, not only that, but they understand the reason for the rule. It's easy to, well, some, it's easy for most people to follow rules, but, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, you have to understand the reason behind that. And then it all makes a little more sense then. Um, you, you know, why the, the rules here, for, that rule is here for safety, 400 feet altitude, you know, yeah. max altitude, without a waiver or near a building, you know, there's a reason for that because yeah. helicopters are typically flying about 500 feet. So. Right. Yeah. They can go. So yeah. There's, right. so there's that hundred foot separation. There's a reason there's a little give there in case you happen to, I mean, I, I can't say that I haven't accidentally slipped over 402, 403, sure. you know, because you're, you know, or slightly more. Well, not unless I was within 400 <laughs> feet of it. I mean, I have had that. Uh, I've had my drone up. I think the highest was, uh, what it would be uh, 1,200 feet, which yep. was the yep. radio tower at our, our building office. Building tower. Yep. Yeah, our radio tower there is 740 feet, so I've had it 1140. I yep. set it 1140 and actually broadcast that live on Facebook, and people are like, oh, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, ah, but we're within 400 feet of a radio tower. So yeah. No, no really helicopter's cool going to be flying within 400 feet of your radio tower. No, <laughs> and, it, and our radio tower, too, is also on the sectional maps, which are the, the maps that the, you know, for most people, I think, would know that who's listening. I, I'm not really sure who. Well, if you're a Port 107 pilot, you know what a sectional you map definitely, is. You definitely, you better know, yeah. <laughs> or a pilot. Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. we're a pilot, so we've got to watch out for that kind of stuff. So, Dave, were you going to say something? I was, but it's gone now. So. Oh, you forgot? <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. No, I talked too much, I talked too much. So, uh, so you guys, know, what, what kind of instances have you guys run into where uh, you, you've flown the, we, we talked a little bit about a search and rescue we did. What, what kind of things are you seeing the call outs. So what, what kind of things are people calling you? And you guys go to other places as well too, through the mutual aid, right? Where you respond to other areas. What kind of calls? What are what are people seeing? And, and what are they saying after they see you use the drone? We've had uh, several call outs for search and rescue. I know Woodlawn has as right. well. So probably more than we have. Uh, but we've done also some crime scenes for other departments, and that's uh, you know crime or crash scenes, and they really appreciate having the ability to fly from the air and map that out. Uh, we did a, a large thirty five acre scene for another department that we mapped out. And we're able to provide them with an aerial photograph of 35 acres, which is wow. impressive. Even though the, the crime scene per se was just in one particular area, but there were some, uh, you know, connections to some of the other parts of that 35 acres. So we just decided to grab the whole thing since we were up. So. And then what did you do with that? You gave you just you charge that other department or how? No, that- it's mutual aid. We don't charge them anything for that. Okay. So uh, we we get the extra flight time, the experience doing that. Plus we're uh-huh. able to provide a service to them. And that's uh, with public safety, it's all about cooperation. So we we, we all work together. We all provide mutual aid to. I mean, fire especially is mutual. I mean, yes. mutual aid is built All into almost every response. Yes. So everything. Right. Um, where police, where it's when you exhaust your manpower, then you call for more mutual aid, or you don't have the the technical ability or skills to do something. You call another agency in to handle that for you. Yeah. And Amos, anything to add to that? About what? Oh, yeah. Just again, the search and rescue aspects, and again with PD, they have. I think Cincinnati has drones, and I think mm-hmm. maybe Cincinnati one of fire? the sheriffs or Cincinnati police. Both. 
Both. Oh, oh, they both do. Okay. Yeah. Well, Cincinnati Fire is still trying to get theirs up and running or what have you, but okay. we're one of the only fire departments in the tri-state area, I want to say, that actually has a drone program. Let me think about that. I want to say in the tri-state right. okay. area, All right. That's we're, impressive. we're one of the only fire departments. So, again. That's why you're on the podcast. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> and they're not, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, we're, we're, again, trying to get this out to all the fire departments. Uh, they're calling us more. Even when we show up on our mutual aid uh, mm-hmm. agreements, you show the chiefs the the image, they're they're mesmerized by it. Like, yeah. wow, this is, this is amazing. I can see this. Because usually if it's a huge fire or four-alarm fire, three or four, yep. four-alarm fire, the chiefs are usually – way far away mm-hmm. but if you can bring this to them while they're sitting in their vehicle and they can see everything that's going on yeah changes the game completely yeah that's pretty pretty amazing so do we talk about what we what we're flying we got about five minutes left or so do we yeah that, that was one of the questions i was going to have is I, I know before we started this i talked with you guys a little bit about some of the equipment you have I'm, I'm curious and i think a lot of people are curious about what equipment you have and why and when you use it, right? I mean, because you've got different types of fire trucks here and you, you deploy them in different situations and, you you know, in the police department, you have different equipment that you deploy in different situations. And I imagine the same thing is true with drones, right? I, right. I know you guys are probably a little bit smaller and getting started. It sounds like uh, uh, for, for the fire department, it sounds like you guys are a little bit further along uh, in the in uh, the Blue Ash uh, Police Department and have some more equipment. So, you know, understanding why different pieces of gear are, are useful in different situations, I think would be sure. very interesting. So we started out with a Phantom 3 Professional in 2016. We purchased that. And that, that's, that's been a great tool. Limited flight time, maybe 15 minutes or so. But it's got a 4K camera that'll do, uh, you know, it's 18 or 12 megapixel camera on there. So it, it does good video and good, uh, good photographs for mapping and things. Uh, we then moved up to the uh, Matrice 210, which has two camera gimbals, so we're able to fly simultaneously the uh, the XT, the FLIR camera, and the Z30 zoom camera. Um, that's been a, a great tool. We also added two uh, less expensive cameras on there. One is the X5S with interchangeable lenses. We use that for general photography, and then we use the X4S, which has a mechanical shutter. We use that primarily for mapping, and we did that because we're able to, you know, well, we wanted a, a mapping camera that had a mechanical shutter to yeah. re- eliminate some of that rolling yep. shutter error. Yep. That's a whole other broadcast That's a whole in other itself, topic, right? right? So, uh, <laughs> uh, but the X5S, we do a lot of promotional uh, video for the city and general photographs they want of different areas of the city. So we got that camera to be able to do that. Um, so what we're missing out of this whole thing is rapid deployability. So uh, the, the Phantom's not great for night searches because you don't have a FLIR camera on there. The 210 is an awesome aircraft. However, it's not very portable. You know, it's in, it's in a huge case, and nobody's going to carry that around in their patrol car all day during their shift. So yeah. uh, we're looking toward a Mavic or a Parrot, a smaller Parrot, next year. Uh, we've got that budgeted, a budget request in for next year for that, and, yeah. and we're going to train some more pilots uh, on the department to uh, to fly at night and during other times when we're not available. So. Yeah, yeah, and then Chief, I think you uh, you pulled out a, a, a drone right here. Um, oh no, can they see this, Joe? Yeah, yeah, you can they see it. See yeah, it. you can see it on the video. So, yep. so again, same thing with Lieutenant Shuler was saying. So, we do carry the two Mavics. We have the Mavic Pro and the Enterprise, the one with the thermal and the one without the thermal. Mm-hmm. And then we have two Parrots too, as well. We have the the regular Parrot, and then we have the Parrot with the thermal is the one that my constituent is carrying in her car Oh yes, with the thermal. But the thing with the Parrot is these are so uh, portable. Yeah. I mean, this is smaller than a purse, not that I carry a purse, but 
a man bag. <laughs> your, your MERS? Yes, my MERS. <laughs> but this this is so portable and light, I can have this hanging on the back of my seat. I can have it underneath right. my seat, whatever the case What kind of battery be. life you get on that? Oh, this is about 20 minutes. Okay. 20 minutes. Uh, plenty enough time for us to put a fire out. If it's yeah. something bigger than that, you land it, takes put it right back battery. off in yeah. a couple seconds. But again, the Parrot is so lightweight. And again, I don't have to get out do whatever outside of my car. I can roll my window down, and this has the hand takeoff uh, oh, yeah. feature on it. So everybody's so into the DJI, and you're saying not necessarily – I mean, not against DJI. DJI. Absolutely. It's yeah. good in certain aspects, and, again, this is good in certain aspects. And one piece about this, too, as well, when we're doing search and rescue, when even when we went out, yep. there's certain things where this can fly up underneath a bridge. That's right. And the only yeah. thing about this camera, it can actually rotate 180. Yeah, it can straight look up. straight up. Yeah, right? which is which pretty is, cool. Which is amazing. Or if you're in a tight spot and you don't know what's above you when you want to come back up, you can look straight mm-hmm. up and shoot straight back up out the woods. So, yeah. It's amazing on that with the search and rescue. But, again, on a structure fire, I can throw this out the window. goes up. I have the screen sitting right there on my dashboard, and yep. it's good to go. So, again, this is my, this is my go-to right here as right. well. And what do you got it, on the bottom there? You're, you're talking about that a little bit earlier. What is that uh, and this the is, tape on the bottom there? Yeah, this is a product that's coming out here soon, too, as well. We're kind of demoing this, too, as well. Um, this is a glow tape. Okay. In essence, without giving out, giving away everything, it kind of, so this, without a battery, if we lose our lights, whatever the case may be, this will give us markers for where our drone is in the air. Yeah, what's the name of that company? That company's based here in Woodlawn, but yes. it's kind of internationally known, isn't it? Yes. Um, wow. That's oh, I'm sorry. I put you on the me. Spot. Wow. It's escaping me, too, and I should, I've read an article about it. It's a fascinating company. They've Luma drone. Luma. L- Luma. Luma. Yeah. Lumaware. Lumaware. Yeah, and they that's build these, is. like, photo, what is that called? They're photo like, less, photo. photo Man, I just lost it completely. I guess we need to have them on the podcast now, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We need to have him here. We need to have him here next time. But we're actually um, trying these out on the drone so we can have uh, situational awareness again from the ground of actually, because at night, only thing you're seeing is a strobe blanket. Yeah, right. And we're going to try to get these on the propellers too so we can actually see how far out when we're looking from up above where our propellers are actually at yeah, when we're so flying through schools. Did he come to you or did you go to him or what, how did this all come about that you had? Actually, I, I came to him with it. Oh, we did were, you? Okay. Yeah, we were wondering about it, Like, I wonder if this could actually work on yeah. drones. The uh-huh. only part is it has to be able to be charged with a black light beforehand. So oh, we're it's not charged on a, by sunlight? It is charged by sunlight, but we want to be but able to. But you won't to, have sunlight when you're trying to use exactly, it. Exactly, in the middle uh, of the night. Or okay. if we have it in a case, we want to be able to turn this on okay. on the way to the detail have it in the case, hit the black light. It only needs about five or ten minutes to charge up. And once we take off, we have That's pretty slick. Pretty yeah, so people have to check out the video. I guess we definitely yes. don't have to post a yes. video, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. So we'll have a video here pretty soon on that with the Illumidrone stuff coming out there as well. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I think we got plenty to talk about here. I think we're about wrapping up. So I think uh, that's good for our first episode here of the Public yeah. Safety Drone Podcast. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Schuler from the Blue Ash Police Department. Thank you, Joe. I should write stuff down <laughs> ahead of time, but I, th- I think I got it all up here, but I don't. Uh, Chief Amos Johnson from the Woodlawn Fire Department. David Glenn from Kluge on Facebook. Or, uh, YouTube, see, Facebook, see, right. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, oh, you are on love. Facebook as Kluge, too. Yeah. So I wasn't, but I always think of his YouTube channel, which is. <laughs> You know, blowing up, which is how I first knew about him. So, and I'm Joe Wessels from Mobilecom, the uh, host and producer or whatever this uh, uh, brand new podcast. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. Hope it's been interesting and entertaining. And we'll be back with episode two here shortly. And uh, so be sure to subscribe and check us out everywhere you can get podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest or know someone who could be, please contact the Public Safety Drone Podcast producer at uas at mobilecom.com. That's uas at m o b 
H-I-L-C-O-M-M.com or call 877-447-8433. Also, feel free to leave us a comment or feedback using the same methods. Special thanks to our music contributors mentioned during the show. All music used with permission. Please rate us on and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Your rating and reviews do help others find the show. If iTunes isn't your thing, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, a tin can, and a string, just about anywhere else you can or can't find podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Public Safety Drone Podcast, sponsored by Mobilecom. Visit mobilecom.com forward slash UAS for more information on drone training happening in your area or for all your drone product needs. Or call 877-447-8433. Thank you for listening and fly safe.